This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit wogcc.com. So would you give Pastor Kirby a great big Word of Grace welcome this morning as he comes. (laughs) Well, good morning, Word of Grace. We on, Carl? See, I messed this up already. Good morning, everyone. Man, is it good to see you. Can you imagine how I feel today? I hope you guys feel as good as I do. My heart is about ready to bust today. Just think about it. Having poured 19 years of your life and the prime of your life into a church, into a wonderful group of people in a great community, and then to come back after seven years and to not only find the church uh, surviving, but thriving? Oh, man, you guys are tearing it up. I I just couldn't be more proud. And what's so great is not only did we get to see so many old friends here today, which is still very overwhelming to me. It's going to be a little (laughs) bit tough as I look out and look at you again, and it seems like it's been so long and yet it almost yesterday. But the greatest thing that I'm excited about is there are so many of you who don't know who the heck I am. That is amazing. I love that. I just love what, what's going on here. Really, I told my wife last night, I said, you know, this is really helps me to understand a little bit more of those things that we've read for years in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul would start off his letters to Thessalonica or something like that and just say, man, I'm just thanking God for you guys every day. I'm hearing these amazing reports of how you're just tearing it up all over the place, and I'm so proud of you, and my heart just yearns to come back and to see you again. I get it. I get it. I really understand that today. It is such a pleasure to be with all of you today, and I just got to tell you again is just what uh, Pastor Derek said. We have grown to love, love him, Holly, their, their family. And also, I hope you guys are so grateful and know how blessed you are to not only have them, but the whole pastoral team. These are an amazing group of young leaders, and I am so impressed with not only their personal integrity, their love for God, the relationship they have for one another, and the love that they have for you and the way they talk about you behind the scenes. I, I just, I, I don't know how you could be any more blessed. And it's such a pleasure to be back here with you this weekend. And Gail and I had a great time with all of you who were here with us yesterday morning as we shared with you on a number of things about building grow, growing teams for, for a growing church. We put on a few miles since we were last here with you uh, seven years ago. You guys have put on some miles too. And uh, the place has changed a lot and I was thrilled with that. I told Pastor Derek yesterday, if I came back here and found all the same paint colors and everything looking the same, I was going to bust you up one side and down the other. You, you got to keep this thing going. You got to keep it fresh. And I'm just so excited to see the vision that's behind all of that. And, and uh, when I left here, I went and took over uh, a summer camp, a world-class, amazing summer camp for kids and a retreat center called Dry Gulch USA, and I wish that I could all pack you up on a bus and give you a tour of that place. We slept 700 people, had 5,000 kids come through there on a summer, 
And I could just tell you story after story. Had her own steam locomotives, had a Christmas train, had 50,000 people over the Christmas holidays, and it was just unbelievable. And you guys who know me, you know I love the big events. So, and I love kids. And it was just a wonderful experience. But I stepped down about two years ago, this coming January, so that Gail and I could really pour our hearts into what we love to do. We're building an online platform right now learning all the great technologies so that we can help other young people become better versions of themselves, both at home and at work, building strong families, personal development, health, and we're just having the time of our life. And it is so good to be back here again after, uh, after these seven years. Throughout all of this time that we have been pastoring, and it's now over 35 years uh, that we've been at this, our passion really has always been about the family and about helping other Young families build strong marriages and relationship with their kids. It is so needed today. It's always been necessary. Let me just ask you, how many parents do we have in the house today? Let me see those hands. Hold them up. Okay, quite a bit of you. How many of you still have kids at home? Well, good. I've got a good audience here today. Hopefully none of them are 30 years older more. <laughs> For those of you who are, it's okay. No, this, this is word of grace here. But... Maybe come talk to me afterwards a little bit. <laughs> How many grandparents in the house? Oh, that's so good. I'm, that's, uh, that's one of my greatest joys right now. But you know something, guys? The older that I get and uh, the more that I appreciate some of the things that we often take for granted along the way. And at the top of that list is just appreciating family. And especially the family relationship that God has helped Gail and I to be able to build in our home and to enjoy over the years and so much of the culture and the traditions and, and the relational gold that we enjoy right now with our kids, with our family and grandkids is really due to Gail. And even though I have a website now called KirbyAnderson.com, it's always been Pastor Kirby and, and uh, you know, it seems like it's always more me up front. Uh, those of you who know us, you know that the big guns is really with Gail. And uh, she's here with me today. Would you all just give me a, help me and thank her today for her contribution as well? Gail helps me blog uh, during the week, and she also coaches young moms. We'll tell you more about that here in just a few moments. But I'd also, everybody's asking about our family, so let me just give you a, a glimpse and introduce you to my family, if we have that picture right here. This is our Motley crew. Uh, last Thanksgiving, we have uh, three sons, twin daughters. I have three wonderful daughters-in-law, batting a thousand with that, and uh, waiting for two great guys to step up to the plate. For, for my daughters, and when that happens, it's all just bonus after that. Uh, that's, that's all I need. And the best part of all of this, though, are those little munchkins up there. We've got five grandkids now. Number six is going to show up in about two weeks from now, and bring them on. The more, the better. And grandparents, you know what I'm saying. This is the reason why you don't want to kill your kids right now, everybody. <laughs> You just want to skip the kids and go straight to the grandkids most of the time. It is unbelievable, and uh, we, are, we are extremely blessed. I want to talk with you guys today about some things. Um, I want to get, uh, get, get really practical here today. One of the more common questions that I find interesting by interviewers 
radio, TV, whatever, is that normally ask their guests things like, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self if you could? I love that question. I think there's, there's something really interesting about that. I don't care who the people are. There's something very powerful about hindsight. Being able to look back and to say, man, I didn't really know that it was going to be so good. But if I were to tell you again what you should do, this is it. And that's what I, I often get complimented on our family, and I'm grateful for that. But there's generally a follow-up question to that, and they'll normally say, so what did you do? How did you even get here? How did this even happen? How is it that your kids still like each other and still want to hang out with you? And how, why, why is this, all this happening? And Gail and I have thought a lot about that over the years, and it generally ends up coming down to just simply this, but for the grace of God, we're, we're so thankful. We're so thankful to God that he gave us a couple of great pastors along the way that we could learn some good Bible teaching, a couple of great mentors along the way that came into our life at just the right time that showed us a few practical things on, on what to do. And it's impossible to come up with an exhaustive list of everything that goes in to making up a great family. And yet, when we consider it just for a moment, there are a few things that really come to the forefront really quickly. Things that I shared with all of you over the years as we were pastoring here, and I knew that they were good, but honestly, guys, I don't think I understood just how important these things really were. Some of them are very simple things, and uh, again, I, you, you sometimes tend to underestimate the, the simple little habits and the value that that's going to be in the long run. So what I want to do today is share with you some just great practical stuff. I just got one Sunday. So man, we're just going to just get into it. And I believe in being doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so I'm just going to lay it on you today with just some practical stuff. And it's entitled today, Five Weekly Habits to Build the, the Family That You Want for a Lifetime. That sounds really great, doesn't it? Man, I'd have paid big money if somebody had come up to me with that years ago and just said, bring it on, buddy. I, I need to know what is it that is going to help me to build the family that I want. Every one of us, even though we're busy building careers, at, at the end of all of this, we all want to say that we've got this close-knit family. We want it to last for a lifetime. And maybe that might not be your situation right now. You might feel that you have made some major missteps and maybe you've had some heartache along the way. And I just want to just take a moment and just encourage you today. I don't care if your marriage is going through a rough patch. I don't care if you're maybe estranged from one of your children right now. I don't care what stage of life you are in. There is always room for improvement and you can take these principles and just get at it again today and keep building from here. But the kind of family relationship that we all want, unfortunately, it doesn't just happen automatically. It's going to come about if we, if we were just to commit to a few things as I'm going to share with you today. Weekly habits. These are the things that, that we have determined are going to make the biggest difference or did make the biggest impact in our relationships and our culture that we're enjoying today. Again, they're not profound. Some of you, when I mention one or two of them, you're going to say, Really? Uh, that, that's what we're talking about today? But I'm just going to tell you, don't underestimate this stuff because the power is not just doing them one time. That's what we fool ourselves. We just say, oh yeah, we're, we're going to have a great experience. We're going to have a great vacation. We're going, to, we're going to do this, have a great holiday. Listen, that's fine. But the real gold is not so much in doing it just once. It's doing it hundreds of times 
week after week after week consistently. Little things done consistently over a long period of time is what's going to produce the really great results in your life. If you're expecting an extensive uh, theological Bible study today, ain't going to happen. But I'm going to tell you today, I am talking from 35 years of being a pastor, 38 years of being a husband, 35 years of being a dad, and I'm going to take as much Bible principle as I can find and just crunch it all down right now into some really, really practical application. You guys ready to go today? All right, I hope you're taking notes. Here is habit number one to build the family that you want for a lifetime, and it is something that we refer to as couch time. That sounds heavily biblical, doesn't it? (laughs) Couch time. Here's what we're talking about. Use the first 15 minutes at the end of the workday for undistracted conversation with your spouse. Guys, I want to tell you something. You cannot maintain closeness in any relationship whatsoever without ongoing conversation. That's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. When we enter into a relationship with Him, it's why it's so important that we are daily communicating with Him and in that time of prayer and listening to Him talk to us through His Word. And the most important relationship that we have on this earth next to the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ is with the spouse that we have made a lifetime commitment to. And so you owe it everything that you can to make that a priority as many times throughout the day as possible. And that is what couch time allows us to do. We're not just talking about the kind of functional conversation along the ways like, where are my keys or, honey, would you take out the trash? And we know that we have plenty of that and that's necessary. But unfortunately, that's where a lot of marriages end up today. That it's nothing more that if you boiled it all down to it, it's just a few minutes of just, hey, how you doing? Or where's my keys? Or what are we going to do? Or who's going to pick up the kids? And I'm talking about meaningful conversation that goes beyond just the functional talk. If you're going to keep this romantic love going for the long haul, you need to have a lot of meaningful conversation to stay updated with one another. Important info along the day. Discuss challenges and bumps and feelings. And guys, I know I'm not talking your language right now, but you don't have to do it with anybody else necessarily, but you got to learn you got to learn this language to be able to build this relationship with your wife. If the married couple is truly the core of the family, and it is, then you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your kids and your grandkids to make time for this little bit of time every day for staying connected with one another. In fact, I don't know of anything else that builds more security in kids than a loving marriage, a close marriage. Kids love to see mom and dad together. You remember what it was like if you ever, when you were growing up as a kid and you ever heard your mom and dad get sideways with one another a little bit and it always just sent this ripple through you. And it still does through kids today. When they see mom and dad tight and together and making their marriage priority, they may gripe about it a little bit, but they love it. And it gives them more security than anything. And that's what this couch time is all about. It's keeping your marriage strong and letting your kids see you keep it the priority. We actually borrowed this term from another pastor many years ago, a guy by the name of Gary Ezzo. Some of you may know him. He wrote a curriculum called Growing Kids God's Way, and it made a big difference in our lives. And the idea, again, is just to take 15 to 30 minutes at the end of the workday, whenever you come home, and to have some undistracted time on the couch. 
Now, the couch is really just symbolic. It is not sacred. It just has this idea we're going to sit down and focus on one another. It could be the kitchen table, could be out on the patio, could just be while you're preparing dinner. And that's generally where it worked out with Gail. She was busy getting, the, getting dinner ready for the whole family, and I would just pull up alongside there. And if I was really smart, I would lend a hand and, uh, and help. And uh, I'm not so sure that always helped because there's always plenty to talk about. But the most important thing, the thing that was really sacred, was really just the undistracted time that we're talking about. And you guys, if you have little kids at home, you know how this is. And in our home, it basically boiled down to this. I worked outside the home. Gail was able to be a stay-at-home mom, which she wanted to do our entire married life, or at least while the kids were at home. And there would be those crazy days. I'd come home after a long day, and we homeschooled our five kids too. And so, you know, when Dad walked in, it was just fresh meat, okay? I got somebody else I want to talk to, and every single one of them was grabbing on my legs, pulling me off here. Dad, I want to tell you about this. I need to show you this. Look what I made today. I can't, did you hear what happened to so-and-so and all of this? And it's like, guys, guys, I love you, but I need to talk with your mom. And I need you to go off over here for a little bit. Let us have some time. Oh, man. And they're griping. And it's, guys, you're going to have your time a little bit later on. But it's so important when you come home is to kiss them on the head, punch them in the arm a little bit, say, hey, buddy, I can't wait to hear all about this. And we'll do that here in a little bit. But I need for you right now to go out here in the other room, stay occupied so your mom and I, dad and I can have some time to talk. And you need to train them. Train your kids. Uh, that this is your time, and don't be apologetic about this, that you are not to be interrupted unless somebody's bleeding or the house is on fire. <laughs> Other than that, I want you to stay out of here right now and not come back in and trying to sneak in. We're just asking for a few moments. And that's when you and your spouse can give each other your undivided attention. And there's a lot to absorb at the end of the day. And hopefully that's not the only time that you talk, but it is a good time to just ask simple things like, how was your day? How are you doing right now? And to discuss the notable events of the day, to bring each other up to speed, to celebrate any wins, to absorb some of the shocks. And there was often, you can imagine with five kids on the home front all day long, a lot of the time our conversation was, you need to talk to your son today. <laughs> And so there's a bunch of that that goes on. And oftentimes, this 15 to 30 minutes really isn't even enough time to discuss everything that we need to fully process for the day. But it gave us a good overview. We knew what the rest of the evening was going to look like, and maybe we'd have to connect a little bit later to, to talk about these things a little bit more. And this isn't going to give you all the time that you need, but it's going to be a great start. In fact, one of the guys that we learned from years ago, a man by the name of Willard Harley, said that you have to have about 15 hours a week of meaningful conversation as a couple to really keep the romantic love going for the long haul. And we have found that that's just about right. It's a little overwhelming right now because you've already done the math in your head. That's about two hours, a little over two hours a day. And you're thinking, dear God, I, where am I going to find that to be able to have it? Now you're going to have to work at it. And couch time isn't going to give you all of that. But it's going to be another reminder. This is important. And we need to focus on this. We need to make sure that we are carving out this time so that we can stay together instead of drifting apart. And it also sends that powerful message to your kids. Again, they may gripe about it and they may complain, 
but they really, really love it. That's couch time. Now, the second one, and this is the one where some of you are going to roll your eyes and then others are going to say, you're right, is meal time. This used to be the norm. It is no longer the norm. And what I mean by meal time is that as a family, strive to eat at least one meal together as a family each day. Do you realize how much the Bible talks about people coming together and eating? Why is it everybody wants to hang out in the kitchen? Why do we like to get together over dinner? It's the same thing as a family, and it is a powerful experience. And here's what I'm talking about because some of you didn't grow up with this. So let me just paint the simple picture. When I say eat a meal together as a family each day, I mean sit down at a table. No TVs, no phones, no screens. We are going to eat together and we're going to talk. Let me say that again. I know it's a very unusual picture for some of you. Again, we are going to sit down at a table. Not everybody come in buffet style and then go back to the room or wherever they want to do. This isn't just fuel time. No, more importantly, we're going to sit at the table. We're going to turn off the screens. I love them. I got a million of them. But you got to shut them off sometime. And we're going to eat together and we're going to talk. And nobody leaves until either mom or dad says, we're done. And then everybody gets up and helps clean up. This is a very powerful... Did I get an amen out of that one? <laughs> Sounded like a guy said that. I don't... So awesome. This is so sad. This used to be the norm. And it is not the norm anymore. And what's amazing is I'm seeing all these great articles and blogs and even books being written right now coming out talking about the importance of this. And the reason is, is because there's been so many studies that have been done that validate this and show so many benefits in just the relational aspect between kids and the parents, even to the place how it affects their school productivity and their health and how that they'll, stay, they, they'll be less inclined to get caught up in drugs and, and so many different things. And this is why we're hearing so much now that families are actually going out with this magnanimous goal of we're going to strive to eat together once a week. And I say, good for you. It is important. It's so important. You need to try and do it every day. It's more important than just once a week or every so often or a holiday. You know, the majority of raising our kids as God intended to happen happens in just everyday circumstances. And this is what I love about the way that God designed. And it all came down to the family again. I'll give you one verse of Scripture which is just power-packed. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, he's actually, they're talking. Uh, God is giving instruction. Moses is instructing the people. And he's saying, you're going to have to teach your kids these ordinances, the statutes, the ways of God. And here's what he said. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. That's pretty much everyday life, isn't it? We're going to get up, we're around the house, we're sitting, we're moving, we're going to go to bed, we're going to get up. And I want to tell you another great time that to do all of this is at mealtime. It is one time we're all together and it is the, one of the best places to model and reinforce God's value. So use this time again for good conversation. 
let everybody have a chance to talk. And there's always one or two kids who really don't want to say anything. So you're going to have to ask leading questions. You're going to have to draw them out. You're going to have to get them to talk. And don't judge what they say and don't allow anybody else to do that. If it's important to them, it's important to us. And this is an incredible time to also cultivate this, this culture of, of uh, celebration in your house. What a great time to be able to cheer one another on or to give each other attaboys or girls, or to celebrate something or to laugh about something that fun happened today. It's so very good. Having a family of seven, you can imagine that mealtime at our house for the most part um, was a bit nuts. It just was. Our family for the most part are talkers. And they all have had a lot to talk about uh, since they were born. They, we talk all the time. Our challenge was not to get everybody to talk. It was trying to keep this, this chaos under some kind of control and just to allow people, to try and keep people from talking on top of one another. In fact, Gail and I, we have this fun memory. At one time, she was so frustrated, she reached up to the closest thing that she could grab on the counter, and it happened to be a, a wooden meat tenderizer. And she says, nobody gets to talk unless you're holding this. And it was just like, pass the gavel around. That's what we called it. If you don't have the gavel, you don't have the floor. And that's the way we had to do it just for a while. But it allowed us to have a chance for everybody to be able to talk, to interact. And all of these things, guys, is a wonderful way to teach respect within the home. And Lord knows we need a lot more respect and courtesy in this world. Do you agree with that? Just about everything pivots off of that. To respect one another, to value each other, to support one another, to encourage and celebrate one another. Man, life needs more of that. And it ought to be learned at home. It's best taught at home. And that's why this is so important. And I'm going to tell you again, the real win out of mealtime is not so much the eating. Eating is just the backdrop. We hope it's good food. We need it. That's not the big deal. The big deal is the talk time, and the time together, that's where it's at. So don't cheat yourself out on the benefits of this daily time together. Make it happen. Here's habit number three, probably our favorite that we like to talk about. Habit number three comes down to family time. How many of you have a family time or a family night or you've heard it talked about? Anybody here have anything like that? There's a few of you, and you hear more about this today. So... Listen really close on this. For us, what this means is to spend two hours doing something fun together as a family every week. It's one of the best things we ever did. And I want to tell you, as often as the case, we stumbled into it. Uh, we hear a lot about this today. A lot of people talk about the importance of a family time or family night. We thought we made it up. We did. I don't, I don't think we did. I don't think we're that smart, but we stumbled into it. Actually, it just happened after one Christmas when it was just two boys at home. And Gail said, you know, for the weeks going up to Christmas, let's take advantage of the Advent season here. Let's have a special meal on Thursday nights and let's do an Advent activity together. And we did something every Thursday night. It was a great time together and we loved it so much. After Christmas, we said, well, why do we have to stop this? And for the next who knows how many years, family night was a part of our schedule. In fact, so many in the church 
Oftentimes they would say, hey, would you guys like to get together and come over? We got an event here. It's coming up Thursday night. Oh, wait a minute. That's your family night. We understand. And it was. It was that sacred to us. Building memories around fun times together as a family is what cements a family together. It builds team spirit as a family. And I think that's so important. I look around here today and I see all the Packer paraphernalia and all of that. Man, I got off at the airplane at Milwaukee the other day. And the first thing that I see at the newsstand is this huge stand filled with cheesehead hats. I snapped a picture, sent it back, and I said, we're home, guys. We know it. We're in the right airport right now. But, you know, we wear all this paraphernalia, and it's because we all like to belong. And I'm telling you what, in our family, we make a big deal about being Andersons for good and for bad. We know our downsides. We poke fun at ourselves. And it's not a matter here of saying that we're better than anybody else, but every family ought to be proud of who they are, excited about what God has done and knitted us together. And I can't tell you how many times over the years, particularly as our kids got into their high school years, that some of their friends really worked hard trying to bribe us to allow them to be dubbed an honorary Anderson for the night so that they could take part in a family night. And one or two of them got that honor, and they just barely made it in. But it was so treasured, and kids love this stuff. You can do the same thing. So really what this amounts to is just planning a set time every week when you can get together at least a couple of hours, do something fun, make it sacred. I remember one time we had to, we had to change the day. We had been doing this on Thursdays or whatever the day was at that point in time. It's been a number of them depending on the season. But one of our sons was going to take a college class and it happened on family night. Man, we called a family conference. We got a problem. We got something that is threatening our family knife here. What are we going to do? And we all determined, yes, this is important enough. We need to do it, but we got to find another time. We're not suspending it. We're not cheating it. We had to find another time. We just heard here in the last couple of months, we were recalling that story, and one of our daughters came up, and she said, it made me so mad we had to have a family conference. Then I said, why? Why was it? She just said, man, I just didn't understand. Why didn't you guys just make a decision to do it? The reason was is we wanted to impress to everybody. This isn't just something that dad can come out and make an autocratic kind of decision on. I want you to understand this is who we are. This is important. Are we all in this together? And it pulled us together to emphasize how important it is. Each week, take turns letting one of the family members choose what you're going to do that week. And this gets really interesting. Let me just throw this in. We only had two rules for our family night. And hopefully this will be helpful to you. You don't have to do it our way. You can do it your own way. But this is what worked good for us. We said that it had to be something where everybody was involved. Meaning you can't choose tonight where everybody's going to come out and watch you throw free throws. Uh, This is not a spectator deal. We're all going to be involved in this. And the second thing was, and you're going to love this, it can't cost any money. So good. Caused us to, it was good because we didn't have a lot of money in some of those days. But more importantly than that, it caused us to be creative with what we had and to make good memories about just being together. You say, well, what happens if somebody chooses something that they don't want to, that, you know, tonight is Bobby's turn to choose and we don't want to do it? Suck it up. (laughs) There's no griping. You're going to have your turn pretty soon. 
But I do have to tell you, we did have a lot of jokes about this. I, we know that one of our daughters, every time her time would come up, we're going to play sports tonight. That's just it. It could be rainy. It could be anything else. We, we, I don't know how many hundreds of nights we played kickball. And fortunately, with a family of seven, we had a pretty good little team we could divide up. So we're going to shoot baskets. We're going to play kickball. We're gonna, it, it was always sports. And we all just said, yeah, okay, here we go. We're, it's Becca's night tonight. We're going to play, play sports. But the funny one, though, is I have to tell this on Gail. The kids still laugh about this. Gail's night, and moms, you'll relate to this, was an opportunity for her to corral the family together to do all those things that she wasn't able to get us to do at other time. <laughs> now, we never did housework. We never did laundry. But it was generally things like, okay, family, tonight we're writing letters to Grandpa and Grandma. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> or let's do extemporaneous speeches tonight. And you've got two minutes to stand up and talk about this button right here. Oh, man, the kids would just, oh, come on, Mom, and all this stuff. It's gold. And it is so good. And here's the, the really great part about all of this. She was brilliant on this thing. She started journaling this stuff. And at the end of every family night, whoever chose had to just write a simple paragraph as what we did, what were the highlights, what were the funny things that happened. And family night after family night after family night, week after week, month after month, year after year, those things have built up into journals about that thick right now. And I tell you what, it is so good to go back and to read those things. Honestly, Friends, I can't tell you of one or two major family nights that really stand out in my memory. But it doesn't matter. Because the real gold, the real payoff in all of this is the cumulative effect of these hundreds of family times together. And if there is one thing that I tell my kids today that you've got to do on this thing is you've got to have this family night. It is pure gold. So if you do nothing else this week, sit down, plan out some time when you can do this as a family. Here's habit number four, and I love this one too. Not that big of a deal on the name, but we call it special time. Spend one hour each week in one-on-one -on -one time with one of your children on a rotating basis. We call that special time in our house because I would just take one hour with one child every Monday Mondays was my day off as a pastor. Weekends are the big. That was game day. But Mondays for 30-some years I had as my day off. And I would always take one of them just to hang out with me. And it wasn't the only time that we'd spend time together. But it was special because it was just them. And this was on a rotating basis. And they'd have to wait their week for five weeks. But then they would chomp at the bit. Dad, is it my week this week? It was something that was so special to them. And it was something that we just allowed again, kind of like couch time, undistracted time where we could just talk and just to hang out. So again, we did this on a rotating basis, and that's good for those of you who have more than one, one child at home. When I first started this years ago, I had this admiral goal, you know, man, I'm going to have one child uh, a day all week long, so at least every week I will do this. Yeah, that lasted about a week and a half maybe. It's unsustainable for most of us. And then we spend time guilting ourselves out and beating ourselves up. 
and it's okay. Just do something sustainable. And so that's what we did is just on a weekly basis. And do something, again, that allows for conversation. Don't make the mistake of, of saying, hey, how about we sit down and watch that movie you wanted to watch? That might be okay to do some other time, but don't waste your special time with that. Do something, it could just be as simple as just a household errand or just we're going to run out here and we're going to do this, but we're going to be together and we're going to talk. And it's just like family time. It doesn't have to cost money, which is so good. And the biggest benefit out of this time that I have seen over the years is the trust that builds up between a father and his kids, a mom and her kids over hours of this time together which is going to make way for deeper conversations later on when it is really, really critical. A number of years ago, there was a big thing out, and I think that it came, it was developed by a bunch of guilt-ridden parents who said something like this, you know, I don't have a lot of time with my kids, but the time that I do have, boy, it's quality time. Well, I hope so, and I'm sure you did the best that you could if you fell into that. But I'm going to tell you something. I bust that myth wide open. I believe that, that that's just absolutely wrong. Here's what I genuinely believe today. Quality time happens because of quantity of time. And the best times that I can remember wherever were quality time wasn't the kind of stuff that just happened. I just said, man, it's busy this week, guys. I've only got 15 minutes. Bud, come on, let's go. All right, let's talk. Boom. And then I walk away and say, wow, that was absolute gold what just happened there. We were really able to get deep. Ain't going to happen. doesn't happen any more than if you go into a creative team meeting and you pull the staff together and just say, guys, we only got 30 minutes right now, but we have got to come up with a world-changing idea. Go. It's not going to happen. What normally happens is when you're spending time and hanging out together, just talking about everyday stuff, all of a sudden they're going to surprise you with something like, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, I've been meaning to talk with you about this, or I wanted to ask you this. What do you think about this? Or so-and-so said this, and I don't understand that, and I can't tell you how many of those conversations came while we were on the way back home, about five minutes away, from our driveway and we'd have to pull off someplace and extend special time just a little bit more. In fact, I can remember several times uh, driving down the road and all of a sudden one of my sons would say, hey dad, what does blankety blank mean? Hello. <laughs> Where'd that come from? One time it was because he just saw it written on a, on a bridge as, as we, we drove underneath it, and I'm praying as I come up to it, dear God, don't let him see it. Dear God, don't let him see it. Dear God, don't let him see it. Hey, Dad, what does? Okay, let's get after it. Don't do the freak out. This is exactly what you want. You want to be the go-to person for your kids because there is nobody in this world that is, has the greatest potential to be their life coach than you. God gave them to you. And he's given you everything that you need in order to raise them up to hit the mark for what they were created for. God's created every one of us, including our kids, on purpose, for a purpose. And he put you in their life to help lead them to understanding what that is. And this special time creates that relationship where we can help nurture that. You can't plan these moments, but you can create the context 
and the trust. You know, the book of Proverbs says over and over things like, my son, give attention to my words. My son, incline your words or your ear to my sayings. And that's the purpose of special time. It's to keep this relationship close enough that not only will they talk with you, but you can speak into their lives as well. And not only are they going to listen to you, but it is absolute heaven when they call you after they have left home and say, Dad, Mom, I just want to get your take on this. I need some advice on this. Whoa, who are you and what have you done with my son? You know, this, this is what we want. And that's the stuff that happens, and it happens every week. Our, our, my phone is still blowing up. I had, to, I had to turn it off and give it to Gail today because getting texts constantly from the kids, and that's what you want. You want to be that go-to person. My kids' a, uh, ages today range all the way from 28 to 35. But I'm going to tell you something. The tradition still continues. I'm still having special time. Now happens on Sundays. We went for a few years, we didn't do it, but they kept coming back and talking to me about it. And I sent an email out two years ago at the beginning of January. I said, all right, that's it. Special time is back on. And they loved it. Even my son who lives in California now, we meet by video chat and we sit down and we still have special time. And it still is. The fifth habit that I want to share with you as we wrap this up today on five habits that will help you to build the family that you really want for your lifetime is this. It's simply called date time. You're familiar with it. You know you ought to do it. You've taken strides to try and do that. Sometimes you do better than other. Down and dirty, it's very simple. Set aside time once a week for a date with just your spouse. Now, it may not happen every week, but strive for it because you should never stop dating. We're on the other side right now. I remember I cried my eyes out when that, my, my oldest son's senior year in high school. All I could think about is, oh my gosh, it's never going to be the same. Our family's going to change. This is the end of an era, and he's going to move out. And I cried and cried and cried, and then we finally took him off to Trinity uh, College down in Deerfield, dropped him off, said, hey, see you later, son. That was it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Because <laughs> he came home right away, you know, within a short period of time. Every phase of your family just keeps getting better if you lay this foundation of good relationship. And now that we're at this age of, of the empty nester kind of thing, man, we're having more fun than we've ever had. This is awesome. This is great. Grandkids come over. They stay maybe one or two nights. You got to go back home, buddy. <laughs> we get to be the, you know, we're, we're just Nana and Papa, and, and it's just, it's fantastic. But you've got to keep dating. You've got to keep making time together, doing something that you both enjoy. And again, as I've been harping on this whole time, it's got to be something where you can talk, where you have this deep conversation. And this is the habit, I'm going to tell you. You guys know it's true. If you've ever tried to establish this in your, in your own weekly calendar, you know that this is the habit that gets put off more than just about all the others. It takes effort. And the reason is, not because you don't want to do it, it's just so easy to say, can we just skip it this week and just stay home? Because we run really hard. And, and, and I remember so many Friday nights. That would have been our, our time. We're going to have our date night. And I can remember so many of those. I'd come home to Gail, all jazzed up about this, and say, so what do you want to do tonight? 
And she would just say, could we not just stay home? I'm absolutely exhausted. And I get that. And that's why it's so important to do a couple little things to make this happen. Number one, you've got to plan this earlier in the week. Don't wait to your date night to say, well, I guess we've got to do this. What do you want to do? No, it needs to be something earlier in the week. You can plan towards it. Don't wait till the last moment. Something that you've got to look forward to. And husbands, wives love it if you do the planning. Ladies, can I get an amen out of that one? Sorry, guys, you're going to hear it anyway, so, and you probably have. And major points, guys, if you arrange for the sitters. I'm just telling you, that, that really sets up the night for a really great night. I got smarter about this after a while. And then I started asking Gail earlier in the week to say, okay, we got date time coming up this week. What do you want to do this week? And generally, then her answer was just simply this, I just want to be whisked away. And that's really what it amounts to, is, is man, and especially homeschooling and being a pastor's wife, is, I don't even want to think anymore, just whisk me away, let's just have some fun. And so dates, again, don't have to cost a lot of money, if any, you can be creative. Sometimes just the simplest dates, get a cup of coffee and, and take a nice walk together and, and, and do whatever, it, it doesn't have to be that, that, uh, that tough. So there you have it. Five simple, simple weekly habits that can absolutely impact your family relationships and culture for an amazing lifetime. And I'm going to tell you guys this. This stuff seems so simple to me right now, but we didn't do everything perfectly along the way. In fact, it's one of the benefits. We're so thankful that we had so many kids because it just gave us a chance to just continue to keep improving by every one of them that, that came along. It was a lot of trial and error, and we kept doing things better and better. But I am going to tell you this, that if I could go back in time right now, and if I could talk to my younger self 30 years ago, I would tell them exactly the same things as I just told you now. Stay the course. Do these things that we've talked about, because simple things done consistently over and over with a long haul is going to produce some pretty amazing results. Now, before we wrap up, I just want to just have a chance just to invite you guys to stay in touch because, man, don't you love Facebook today? I know some of it's just stupid stuff, but the one thing about it is it does allow us to be connected, and it has been a great joy for me to be able to stay connected with so many of you. But I want to encourage you guys to stay in touch with us. If you like what you heard today, Gail and I just live to keep sharing this kind of content for whoever is willing to listen and to take some steps in this. And you can go to, uh, we encourage you to follow us. We blog several times a week at kirbyanderson.com. And in fact, on your way out today at the tables at the back and out at the info, the guest uh, desk out here, uh, there are some cards you'll see. It's just simply a card that looks like this. Got them up here. This, is, this shows you our website. And when you go there, um, at, at my website, you can subscribe to uh, my email newsletter. You'll also be able to download a copy of uh, an ebook that is based on just this, what we talked about today. It's called Seven Ways to Supercharge Your Family This Week. Just a free little ebook, and we went further on that today, but you can get that. And I also want to encourage you to check out Gail's stuff on YouTube right now. She started here this last year several times a week just mentoring moms via Periscope and then archiving that on YouTube, and she calls it Mentoring Moments for Moms. So several times during the week, 
She just pops on live. If you miss it, it's there on YouTube. She's got over 130 of these short little videos right now. Just encouragement for mom. And just to help you keep going, ways to do things just a little bit better to keep your sanity. And I uh, want to encourage you to check out those things as well. Let me take just a quick moment here and just to pray for all of you. And, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the time that we've been able to spend together in your presence today. Lord, you know how grateful I am. You, you know how my heart feels this morning to be able to look out among these people, wonderful people, and to see what you're doing within their lives, within their families, within their church, within this community. Father, I pray a special prayer over them today. And I ask that whatever stage of life that they are at, whether it is the best of times or a troubled time or a challenging time, whether they are new parents, newlyweds, grandparents, empty nesters, I am just asking for a tremendous outpouring of your blessing on their family and that you would take every one of us where we are now, Lord, no matter how good or how troubled it may be, and move us forward this week. We thank you, Lord. We know that you were for us, that you were for the families to make a huge difference in this world today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.org.